Hello and welcome to the My Favourite Film Podcast with me, Gav Smith, and me, Gary Coleman. This week, it's Russell Bailey talking about Jurassic Park. Wow. Wow. Um, before we talk to Russell, uh, if people wanted to email us, Gary, how could people email us? You can email us on myfavoritefilmpodcast at gmail.com. Gav. Great. What about on Twitter? Yeah, Twitter. We've got one of them. You can Twitter us at myfavoritefilm. Cool. Instagram? Yep. Instagram at myfavoritefilmpodcast. What about that Facebook thing? Yeah, we've got a Facebook thing because we know our listeners are old. <laughs> old, old people. Have we got on. a MySpace? You've got a MySpace. <laughs> I think it's just, it's just you and me on it, but we've got a, my favorite film. So, uh, so if you're on a Facebook, just go to Facebook and search for my favorite film, and you'll find a my favorite film page. And we've also got a, a group as well where you can chat to us. And you know what? Because we know you're all old, just try and remember www.myfavoritefilm.com. And at the bottom of that, there are links to everything. Okay. Yes. So, all those things that Gary's just said, you can find all the links at the bottom of the page, as well as actually a full back catalogue of all of the episodes that have gone up so far, Series 1 and Series 2. Yes, Series 1's worth a re-listen to, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so if, you, if you've been uh, enjoying Series 2 and, you know, need to make extra, go back and have a listen to the other if stuff. you can't wait in between the weeks, I can't wait until my next thing. Yeah, absolutely. Go back and listen to Series 1. It's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what about sport? Met, particularly when Harry Met Sally. Very good episode, Series 1. <laughs> I was one of you, that's when you peaked, mate. That's when you peaked. Absolutely. Well, I picked so much, I then got that guest to come on and be a regular co-host. So there you go. Very good. Must have been good. good. Must have been good. Um, how would people support us if they wanted to support um, us, Gary? Yeah, so I think the best thing to do is if you could pop over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Good Pods, all these platforms, uh, you can jump on there and you can give us a little rating. Um, I'm thinking five stars, but whatever. Yeah. five stars and, and also review the podcast as well again i'm thinking words like awesome brilliant my favorite podcast would be helpful yeah and then definitely. that helps us get us uh, found by other people yeah that sounds good to me um so jurassic park you weren't there gary it was just me yeah, okay. Don't worry. <laughs> just me and russell <laughs> he's getting upset. To be there. He's getting grumpy. Yeah. Hmm. Your internet let you down, didn't they? But what do you think of Jurassic Park anyway, Gary? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, I, Jurassic Park. Well, do you know what? Um, I love Spielberg and I love his films. I love dinosaurs. When I was a kid, I was a real dinosaur geek. So when when before Jurassic Park came out, I was just 100 percent sold. This should have been my favorite film. Do you know what? I, and maybe, maybe it was the, the the film god stopped me from zooming in because I I, I don't like Jurassic. I'm not a massive fan of Jurassic Park. I think I think everything that I got right in Jaws, he kind of got wrong in Jurassic Park. And those people just literally turning a podcast off now. <laughs> I'm not on the podcast, so this is my rant. I, I I just didn't. I don't think the script quite works. I don't think the casting works. I think. Um, uh, I, th I think it was just miscast. I know everyone's just shaking their heads, going, "What is this idiot talking about?" <laughs> um, the special effects were brilliant, but 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 I, you know, it's it's about humans. It's about human contact, and I yeah. and I wasn't interested in the humans. And the dinosaurs are awesome, but it, it, to me, it wasn't enough for a film. So it's a good film. It's a great film. Don't get me wrong; it's not a bad film, but it it, it it's not my favorite film, and it, it's not Jaws, is it? For me, no. it's definitely not Jaws because just as you know, I wasn't on the podcast really. I'd <laughs> Jaws I brought next week, Gary. 
Jaws is, is next Jaws week. next week? Yeah. Get in. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You were there for that one. Okay. Was I there? Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you were somewhere swimming around. Sure. <laughs> anyway, our my chat with Russell from the Not Just For Kids podcast, by the way, because I didn't mention that. I'm sure mm. I mentioned it at some point during the podcast, though. Um, is spoiler-filled, as it is every week. So if you haven't seen Jurassic Park, I don't know where you've been, under a rock, possibly. Mm-hmm. It's been around for three billion years. Um, have a watch of the film, and then have a listen to the podcast. Here it comes. Awesome. The park will open with the basic tour you're about to take. Don't you see the danger shown inherent? What you're doing here, genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen. You wield it like a, a kid that's found his dad's gun. These are aggressive living things that have no idea what century they're in, and they'll defend themselves violently if necessary. Dinosaurs and man, two species separated by 65 million years of evolution, just been suddenly thrown back into the mix together. How can we possibly have the slightest idea of what to expect? Hello, Russell. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for letting me come on your podcast. I'm very excited to come on and talk about what we're talking about today. <laughs> I can't think why you're so excited. <laughs> <laughs> you love this film, don't you? I mean, really love it. I this mean, film. absolutely. Yeah. This, yeah we're we're going to talk about a film that I am so in love with that on my own podcast, I warble on about it fairly often. Like, yeah. I'll shoehorn in, talk about this podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, this, this film. And it's just, yeah, one of those films that I have loved for so long and yeah when you approached me to come on this podcast i there was like two films i didn't mind but i was like no it really is this film this is the film that i need to talk about this is the film i need to chat as long as i can about this film yeah fair enough we'll talk about what it is in a moment (laughs) first off do you want to just introduce yourself tell us a little bit about you what you do that type of thing absolutely so uh, yeah as as a uh, my name's russell and i run a podcast of my own i run the podcast not just for kids so uh, I was in the first lockdown and decided that I was tired of talking to just my kids and my wife <laughs> and none of them are really film, like films the same way that I do. And I'd had this idea a while back. So um, sort of about seven months beforehand to do a podcast that looks at family films and the films we grew up with and kind of uh, etch onto that, like the whole nostalgia stuff and um, just like films that, that we watched when we were growing up that have stayed with us and kind of bring out narratives of like family films. Yeah. And in between that, I'd had a son, I had my second child and I was like, no, no, now is not the time to do a podcast. <laughs> now is not the time to do any extra projects because no. I mean, you've got kids, you'll know yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they first arrive, you kind of, yeah, your life just gets sucked into the busy, dealing with them. Yeah. And then yeah, the pandemic happened. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to do this project now. And so it just exists. This podcast exists. Yeah. Uh, you come on and talked about two fabulous musicals that just, yeah, you, you've come on and talked about two fabulous musicals. And yeah, I just talked to amazing guests about yeah. amazing films and yeah. everything about the podcast is in the guests and the films. It's not in yeah. me. So no. I don't know why you've invited me on. You should invite my guests on. Well, maybe. Uh, do you know what? I, I invite anyone on me. I'm, I'm like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've enjoyed listening to your podcast and, you know, I, I quite like having listened to the chats that you've been having with people. So it seemed ideal to have you on to chat with me. So there you go. <laughs> it works. Um, let's just see if we can do this then because there's loads where you can do this next bit can you give us a quick plot synopsis of jurassic park which is the film that we're talking about today 
Uh, so Jurassic Park is a mid nineties film from a young up and comer called Steven Spielberg that adapts a moderately successful book that covers uh, the exploits of three scientists, a lawyer, and two of the grandchildren of the owner of on a theme park on a theme park tour before it opens and things don't go according to plan. And that's as mysterious as I'll be. Yeah, that sounds perfectly reasonable. That sounds about right. Obviously, this is spoiler-filled. We're not both about spoilers here, yeah, so you yeah. can say whatever you like from the rest of it. Um, the kind of... I, whenever I say this question, I, I always say it sounds like a really loaded question, but it is the title of the, the podcast. So why is Jurassic Park your favourite film? Um, so uh, for a long time, I would have had different answers to this question. This question has changed a lot. As a teenager, I tried to be cool. And so it's like something like Pulp Fiction or Train Spotting, which are two great films. But yeah, yeah. it was very much like as a teenager, I wanted to watch stuff that had like, you know, violence and drugs and cool yeah. uh, soundtracks and great scripts and like actors being cool. And it, they're very like knowingly cool films. They're like very much like Empire and Total Film tell you these are cool films. So you think they're yeah. cool films. And I love those films. But as I've got older, I also moved in onto something like the third man, which is, is a wonderful film. And I was like, yeah, I went to, I, so I studied film at university and I was like, no, I need like a proper, like, you know, cinephile film. And so I went with the third man because the third man is fantastic. It's corrupt and yeah, seedy yeah. and fun, but also yeah. like, I watch it like once every five years. I think it's not a film ever reached for. My other answer was Park Chan-wook's old boy, which again is a really great film, but yeah, also yeah. I never watch it. Like I watch no. it like again, once every five years when I am in the mood to watch a deeply disturbing film about <laughs> um, stuff. There's a lot of stuff in that. Stuff. But I think it is such a great film. It, it's such it like a part of my uh, teenage years was watching those kind of films. And so I've now landed on the film that I watch the most, that I get yeah. the most fun of, that no matter what my mood is, I can watch this film. That if I'm in a happy mood, it'll keep me happy. And if in a sad mood, it'll be a comfort to me. Um, and it's a film that I've been obsessed with yeah. for years and so i have on my own podcast this question about what are the films that influenced you and i give the yeah. same three answers which is this one jaws and batman returns and i could have come on and talked about batman returns but i've kind of decided that my love of batman returns that it's just my favorite interpretation of my favorite character as opposed to my favorite film fair enough and that makes uh, sense jaws is 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 a really impactful film for me oh yeah it terrified me and it still terrifies me but <laughs> Yeah, the film I had to talk about was Jurassic Park because, yeah. I mean, again, when I first saw it, it terrified me. We'll get into when I first saw it, but it terrified me. Yeah. And for a long time, the opening utterly terrified me. But now I'm like, no, I'm elated by it. I watched it again today. Yeah. And it like it's like returning to an old friend. It's like listening yeah. to one of your favorite albums. Yeah. Some of the scenes are like like singles for me. So like we'll get into some of them, but like yeah. some of those sequences are like a single to me, but the entire whole is like this album I can listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I mean it is I love Jurassic Park as well. I remember seeing it when it first came out. I think I saw it at the cinema to be honest. Um I'm old enough to have seen it at the cinema. Um uh it's just it's one of those great films. I think I'd actually read the book beforehand as well. I liked Michael Crichton as a, a writer. I've seen a lot of He's done an awful lot of films. If you look at his sort of back catalogue of yeah, novels, yeah. so like and um, how many watched, become books, uh, uh, become films rather. Watch Westworld. The his yeah. Westworld the other day. Yeah, uh, he does like he's done, did had like a career of these like interesting 
uh, sci-fis that feel quite yeah. connected to reality, like kind of almost lo-fi sci-fi. So it'd be like well, about an illness or about yeah. a park of robots. And that's fantastic, yeah. but the way he approaches it isn't. No, and it, it's sort of that with Jurassic Park, like in the book, it's like, it's what if this actually happened? It's not like going off and in a far future. It's like, yeah. what if we actually did this? Yeah. It's very grounded, isn't it? And all the science seems to be kind of plausible, not quite right, but kind of plausible. Yeah, so yeah. it's grounded in some form of reality somewhere along the line, isn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, because I think this is this probably my daft question. I, I asked very similar questions to everyone. Um, I was going to say, when do you watch it? You know, is it enough to, but you've already said you just watch it all the time, don't you? Yeah, I just, I just, will, I can watch this film if it's on TV and at any point. There's like two or three films. It's like this, maybe Terminator 2 and a few others. But if it's on at any point, I'll just be sat there watching it because you just get enveloped into this. Um, I've watched it twice already this year. I, <laughs> I watched it on the 1st of January as my first film because I was like, wow. no, I need to start the year with a really cracking film. And my partner suggested this. And I was like, yes, this is why we're married because you, <laughs> you have know me. suggestions. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and it's just, I can watch this at any point at any time i mean i i got home at like 11 o'clock last night from the cinema i was like i could watch Jurassic park now like that was <laughs> didn't do it frankly because it was a silly idea it's oh, like yeah. i could just sit down for two hours and watch this film It'd be great it's, um yeah it, yeah it's yeah, two anyway. hour film as you say you've, you've got to have some yeah. time to watch it it's not something you can just go <laughs> i'm just gonna watch it again um you know i rewatched it obviously for this because you've got to um i think it was the first time i'd seen it for quite a while actually um, I, I'm like that with films though, that I'll, I don't watch the same films over and over again. The kids like to watch the same films, but <laughs> I kind of like to watch something new. I always want to watch something I haven't seen or if I haven't seen something for a long time to kind of try and introduce the kids to it. When do you think you first saw this? So I saw this at the cinema. Yeah. I was five or six. Wow. And it's 1993, isn't it? 93, yeah. So I might have been four. Hold wow. on. Wow. I was four years old. My dad took me and I say I watched in the cinema. I watched up until the end of the second T-Rex scene. So the bit (laughs) where the T-Rex is chasing the car. Yeah. And I'd spent like between the T-Rex, the first T-Rex scene and that T-Rex scene in the footwell of the cinema, (laughs) peering up behind this person's uh, chair. I I was utterly, utterly terrified of this film. It was a very, my my dad had some odd parenting choices in regards to films, but yeah. And but then they got me the VHS, which is another strange choice. I think it's because yeah, I had not shut up about this film. Like yeah, I, I like had wanted to go back and see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, it had unlocked something in me, and, and I'd loved dinosaurs as a kid. Yeah, uh, I still love dinosaurs. Yeah. I still think dinosaurs are great. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> and it, like my daughter and son are both into dinosaurs because of me, and it's like yeah, this is the thing. Here you go, you can have this. Dinosaurs are the thing you like. <laughs> um, and <laughs> yeah, so I watched it in the cinema and then my dad went again and i remember being upset that day he wouldn't take me for obvious reasons he wanted to yeah. see how the film ended yeah it was like a time when uh like i think the film ran for almost a year in the cinema yeah it was on a long uh, time. it ran for a really long time and then i got the vhs and i kept watching on vhs but skip he was skipping or hiding behind the sofa during the opening yeah yeah like the opening was a lot still is a lot um still great yeah and yeah so it, i watched in the cinema and then i watched it a lot on vhs I'm trying to think. Um, I I introduced my son to this probably about the same age as you were. I said, oh, because you like dinosaurs. It was like, yeah, watch yeah. this. It'd be great. I thought it'd be okay. And I think we got to roughly the same point. We got to 
we got to when the um, lawyer gets bitten in the <laughs> toilets. And I think yeah. that's where we got to. But before that, he'd been very much the same as you, sort of hide mind cushions and whatever else. Yeah. Too, too young is is what I basically thought. But it's just quite um it's quite intense. And yeah, yeah particularly that sequence. And we'll get into that sequence because yeah. it answers one of your questions. Yeah. But, uh, that sequence is about kids in peril. It's about children yeah, yeah. in peril. And yeah. all of the action is centered around those two children being in peril. Yeah. yeah. And that's the entire like through line of that sequence is so for a young for a young person like oh my god but no children are fine they're not ever hurt yeah or in real danger in films and if they are it's like fleeting danger but this is sustained yes and i'm not sure these kids are going to survive it yeah yeah there's always that thought that maybe the kids aren't going to be all right in this one yeah and given that spielberg had like killed off a kid in chores yeah like, <laughs> yes. it's entirely plausible that he would well, like no one of these kids is going to die halfway through that's just what we're going to do absolutely he's fully capable of it isn't he yeah of having a t-rex bite off a kid's head and whatever else <laughs> um, <laughs> so i know you were talking about this before we started recording how many times do you think you've seen it is is there a number could you put a number on it so i saw this it's 29 years old yeah uh right. let's yeah, yeah. average it out to six times a year because at university i didn't watch this that often okay. as a kid i watched it a lot there would have been like a there's been like periods of intense watching this and periods when it's been like once a year that i've watched it so let's say six times a year so let's go over 180 times i've seen this film okay that's that's quite a few see you know oh, this film well goodness that's too many times <laughs> it is i'd like to say i'm going to retire it now but no I don't think I've seen any films that many times. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Possibly... This is probably the film I've seen the most outside of kids' films. Like I watch, obviously, kids' films I've seen a lot because yeah. um, there's like when children are first watching films, when my daughter was first watching films, we go through like weeks or two weeks yeah. or like, as I was telling you off air, 60 days of the boss baby in a row. So, <laughs> you know, you get like, I don't think they count. I don't think watching kids' films of kids counts because you're not really watching them. You kind no. of just... They're just happening in front of you and you're yeah, trying yeah. to like not take too much in because they tend to be not very good. I yeah. mean, I've run a podcast about them. Yeah. And the number of times my daughter picks like really good family films <laughs> are like once every seven or eight films. And the <laughs> wow. other seven films are Trolls World Tour or Trolls or uh, an Illumination. That's not to disparage Illumination. but Yeah, yeah. They're fine films, yeah. and if you watch them on repeat, they become less fine. Boy, I hate being right all the time. Genre of this film, because as you said, you were terrified in the cinema. Um, yeah. My kid was terrified first time he watched it. It, it was billed as an action-adventure, so... Is it drama? Is it horror? Where, where is it? Where does this sit? Do you think? As a, um, I so I think it's mostly an action adventure with like sequences of quite intense horror. So the stuff around the Velociraptors is pure yeah. horror, and I think it's that. While I don't know Spielberg has ever made a straight horror, there's a lot of horror in a Spielberg, like in in his body of work, like yeah, yeah, in War of the Worlds or in Jaws or in some of the stuff around um, Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, there's there's some proper horror moment so i think it's that there's horror moments this it's an action adventure because it's about uh, a group of people getting lost in a in a in a rainforest yeah and there are dinosaurs and they've got to go for adventures and many of their sequences are about them overcoming something in an exciting fashion so it could be that 
when they're stuck in a, in a tree in a car, it could be that they've got to climb over this fence about to become electric. Yeah. All this other stuff. Yeah. And the drama of it is that for the first hour, there's not a, not, not a lot of action happens. For the first hour, right up until uh, the T-Rex escapes, there's yeah. very yeah. little in this film that's, um, that's actiony. It's that there's a conversation happening about sort of the ethics of what they're doing, the yes, the logistics mechanics of what they're doing, and it's that's the 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 Crichton stuff. That's that's yeah. what he is feeding into this, and it's yeah. it's skillfully done by Spielberg to just do like an hour, having set up right at the start that dinosaurs are lethal yeah. and dangerous and yeah. scary yeah. to then go no. We're going to spend an hour having meeting these people, having conversations, yeah. building up their characters, building up if you, how much you like them, how much yeah, you yeah, trust yeah. with them, but also having that conversation about is this right? Is what they're doing ethical and right? And should they do it? If they can do it, should they be doing it? So yeah, it's this impressive action adventure movie that has moments of real horror, yeah, but also moments of almost philosophical conversation going on and it makes yeah. you feel makes you feel smart in a way yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it does yeah it's yeah, it's this like big blockbuster action movie that spends yeah. its time to make the audience feel smart or uh, smarter than they are like because yes. it, it i mean the conversation is never so complicated around the ethics of this it yeah. never is that complicated and it's quite quippy and it's quite well written and it has like those like iconic lines that just yeah. stick with you yeah um yeah yeah, so I think it's an action adventure with like those two elements in there as well because Spielberg's that good at it. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about uh, Steven Spielberg. So you mentioned at the top that obviously he's an up and coming director. Um, <laughs> let's be honest, at this point he he was already top of his game, wasn't he? Jaws yeah. had already been done, Close Encounters, he'd done ET, Indiana Jones, Color Purple, Empire of the Sun. He'd, he'd shown that he could direct in lots mm-hmm. of different genres. I mean, he's done everything there from, you know, big science fiction through horror, through action adventure to you know, proper drama, proper gritty drama with things like Color Purple and Empire of the Sun. What do you think of Spielberg as a director? I mean, uh, so I think he's pretty phenomenal at times. <laughs> Definitely at this point, I think he's a phenomenal director. Um, yeah. So the second series I did on my podcast was all about Spielberg, both as a director and a producer and we'll yep. touch on him as a producer in a sec. But as a director, like that body of work to like go from, uh, so he made, obviously he did Jewel really early on and I rewatched yeah, Jewel yeah. the other day and that's a cracking, oh, it is. cracking film. Yeah. And then you Jaws, which is kind of more ambitious, but also manages to go from being a horror to being an action adventure romp. Yeah. Like the first half of that is like pure horror that takes place in the daylight and then it goes into like three men on a boat chasing a shark which is like <laughs> yeah a great action romp yeah yeah but then he's also done close encounters and et and uh and his work on like raiders of the lost ark and and the last crusade i mean i'm less of a fan of the temple of doom i feel yeah. the temple of doom is kind of meaner and nastier in a way that it yeah, yeah. doesn't quite work for me and it's also yeah. there's all the whole cultural issues of that yeah i get that um, I get that, yeah but like i think he's someone who is uh both a sentimental director, like his sentimentality is it works sometimes, it doesn't work in others. Like, I'm not really a fan of Hook. I can admire Hook, but I've mm. never liked it. Uh, yes. I'm not, not the biggest ET fan. Like watching it with my daughter, I got more out of it. But before that point, I'd never really got much from it. 
Yeah. So he's really capable of doing sentimental stuff. And that's why I think the emotions in Jurassic Park come across so strongly is because his sentimentality and his ability to like almost give us a child's perspective on stuff. Like there's a shot in Jurassic Park when you go to the Triceratops that's ill and you're following Tim's feet through the grass and it gives you that really low down perspective. And it has that in like an ET, he films the children's scenes from their perspective. So you very rarely see like adults in that. Uh, It's a bit like, um, Oh, what's it's Snoopy? It's been like in Snoopy, like yeah. you see the, the adults and Snoopy. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, yeah. It's all all at child's eye view, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So he's got that, but he's also quite a nasty, mean spirited director <laughs> in a good way. So he can be mean and he can be yeah. um have sequences of real horror of really upsetting moments. Like the estuary scene in Jaws will never not leave me. The bit in the estuary when the guy in the boat gets killed and you see the yeah. shark glide past, it just it sticks with me. He has this ability to make nature and forces beyond us both um, both real and scary. So like in Raiders of the Lost Ark, at yeah. the end, the death of the Nazis by the yes. force in the, in the Ark of the Covenant is so well captured. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think he's like this def- defining presence in the 80s. Yeah. And definitely was, yeah. Almost peaks here. Almost his power as director has peaked with Jurassic Park. Like everything he's learned through doing Jaws, through doing uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, through doing all the others, kind of yep. peaks here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, I, also, I love him as a producer because as a producer, he's been involved with Poltergeist, with yeah, Back yeah. to the Future, with Gremlins, yeah. like these defining films of yeah. the 80s. I mean, who friend Roger Rabbit? He was in on that. And yeah. Yeah. So he's someone who. From what I cover, family films. Yes. Perhaps the best uh, Western director, live action director of that. Yeah. I think someone like Miyazaki is better at doing animation. Yes. And animation is a completely different story. It's and, a different ballgame, isn't it? Yeah. And the animation he's been involved in is never quite captured in the same way because he worked with Don Bluth a lot in the 80s. Yeah. And so they did like Land Before Time and An American Tale. And while yeah. those were films of my childhood, I look back on them as quite too sentimental. Like the yes. sentimentality is an imbalance. But yeah, as a live action director of family blockbusters, of a blockbuster director, when that was first becoming a thing, the modern blockbuster, it's like yeah, yeah. there's Jaws and Star Wars, like the two like modern blockbusters that kind of yeah, yeah. start this all off, start this journey. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's I I, I dig him. I think he's good. good. <laughs> that that comes across very much so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in this film, he's. I've seen it on online. People um, have accused him of reveling in the effects and the CGI too much in this film. What do you think about those accusations of him reveling too much in his effects? Facts. You've got these dinosaurs on the screen. I'm going to show loads of them. Um, I personally would disagree with that statement. Right. I mean, I think he's guilty in some films. Like, I can't stand Ready Player One because of the CGI world it creates, and it's like. The effects by that point have gone too far. He's become yeah. too wrapped around it. Almost a similar story to Tim Burton and how yeah, yeah. he got wrapped into CGI. And but in this, I think because the first hour there's so little dinosaurs. Yeah. Uh, and then in the second hour, so you do see dinosaurs, but the threat is also more limited. Like yeah. he ha- retains that thing from Jaws that. More often than not, he's happy to show a bit of the dinosaur, like a foot or the 
eye peering through the window of the Velociraptor. And I mean, when the effects are as good as this, and they for the most part hold up, yeah, like uh, we might get into some that don't, but the close up stuff and the stuff that's clearly marrying the practical and the computer generated when they're this good, put them on screen, yeah, yeah, yeah. probably wallow in them, yeah. Um, and so having gone through the other Jurassic Park films, it's clear that as effects have got more, we see more of the dinosaurs, yes, but it's less, it never captures that same spark, yeah, that. I remember the first couple of times of seeing that scene when they first see the dinosaurs. Yeah. They see them walking in herds in that beautiful um, yeah. valley. Yeah. And you get the, obviously get the welcome to Jurassic Park. Yeah. 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 It's beautiful. yeah. Um, yeah so I, I, um, I do think you can critique some of the stuff later on in Spielberg's career that he doesn't find the balance of effects or on the medium he's working in. Right. But in this instance, I think, I think he shows them enough. Yep. Um, yeah. He doesn't have too many scenes where it's like sustained footage of dinosaurs. And when it is, it's like with the character firmly within the frame. So yeah. like there's the, uh, I'm trying to remember what the running dinosaurs are called. Uh, Gallimimus. Yes. Uh, running towards them. Yeah. But he always keeps it within our trio in the frame. Yeah. So we're following their experience. It's not that he's showing us yeah. it. It's that he's showing them in relation to the humans. Yeah, yeah, that makes that perfect sense. It was just, it was just something I'd, I'd seen that people were saying, you know, it just revels in these effects. And I thought, well, my my take on it was, well, when you had the last time you did a monster movie was Jaws, and when you've got a machine that doesn't work and you can't show your monster, surely now being able to show his monster, he wants to yeah. do it, and that kind of makes sense. And yeah, you're right. The way he shows it, he never. He still gives you those little teasing bits. Just shows an eye. Just shows a foot. I mean, just shows there, a there, are, there are shots of oh yeah, full, full dinosaurs, dinosaurs walking yeah. around doing yeah. their things. Yeah. Um. And it is, and I think that the Jaws thing is it gives it the right energy. Whereas if in this you'd approach in the same way as Jaws, it would make the dinosaurs almost sinister from the start. Yeah, which you don't want. I think, I think one of the things this captures really well is that wonderment that the people have that there are dinosaurs. Yeah. And like the the scene with the triceratops yeah and they're all around it and you can see all of it but yeah i think because the effects are being seen through the perspective of characters because mm. we're on their journey it's not just effects the sake of effects and we do you can have that now you can have that even at this point you can have effects the sake of effects but because it's grounded within that the people and their perspective yeah i think it works for me yeah he obviously he continued with Jurassic Park he did do the lost world um, and then he didn't return for the third film, which for some reason, for the life of me, I can't remember what it was called now. It's Jurassic Park 3. It's that simple. Is it just 3? Did it not have a little... It's just, no, it doesn't have like an additional thing. And that's, that's probably why Joe I can't remember it. <laughs> Johnston, I think, is the director of that. Yeah. The guy did Jumanji and Captain America. Yeah, and obviously now they've brought out this new trilogy of films. He doesn't seem to have an yeah. awful lot to do it. Would you prefer to see him continue with this franchise? Or do you think he did the right thing and bottle out where he did? Um, so... Uh, I don't know, like, um, if we take his other main franchise, which is Indiana Jones. So yeah. he did the sequel to Indiana Jones because the sequel to Jaws was done by someone else and he hated the sequel. I mean, we're yeah. fair rights because the sequel's not great. No. But um, the journey of that is that by the fourth one, I-, I didn't need him involved in it. The first three, even in my lukewarm feelings towards the second, yeah. I'm glad he's involved in all of yeah. them. 
Um, maybe a third one would have been fun if he'd had the right story. Yeah. The third one is actually my favorite sequel um, because uh, it's just the most grounded and it's just the most people's perspective of being with dinosaurs. And I'd have loved there to have been a series of films about people and dinosaurs. And yeah. Maybe survival films. Maybe people go on the island and then they're surrounded by dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, and where it's gone to now is something else. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think yeah. the second sequel, that the three, does something with its main character that the second one doesn't do. The second one brings Jeff Goldblum's character back and makes yeah. him into an action hero, which he definitely isn't so like he, like the thing of jeff goldblum and all these films is that every time he pops up he's a different person yeah yeah and it's like he's there's cl- there's clones of him running around yeah <laughs> and being different people and they all yeah. have the memories of going to the island of you know that he's sort of like the stuff that loved it the stuff that hated it and all this sort of stuff yeah whereas at least um, sam, sam neil stays as being dr yeah Alan sam neil is he, still he seems the same in yeah the third he still one he feels like one. yeah Sam Neill from this, he still feels like Alan Grant, just Alan Grant, who's been to this island and goes, no, no, we don't want to go back there. It was a, not, not a fun time. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, so I'm not a fan of The Lost World. I, I, I really don't gel with it. And I've watched it many times because it's got dinosaurs in. I'm always like, I should watch this film. I, and yeah. like, I love the bit with the Velociraptors in the long grass. I love yeah, Pete yeah. Poffersway. And I think Pete yeah. Poffersway is really great in it. But I think that it doesn't, it struggles to, again to catch that wonderment that's in this film. Yes, and yes. so I, I, if he'd had another story in him, and I don't think he does, I think he's just now a producer in these films because yep. they're his babies. Yeah, so he wants yeah. as a producer, he'll like he's looking over shepherd them. them a little bit, but not yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about Sam Neill there, which I think is probably a good thing to get on the cast. Um. I must admit, I've always thought it's a really odd cast that they got together for this. Considering this was going to be like the summer blockbuster, you've got Sam Neill popping up, uh, who, I don't know, he hadn't done an awful lot of big movies at this point. Uh, he still really hasn't done big movies. Jurassic Park's probably his biggest films that he's done. He does a lot of indie work. What do you think of Sam Neill as an actor and his, his part here as Dr. Alan Grant? Yeah, so your point that, like... Our central trio are like, we'll talk about them, but they're all from like 80s odd films. They all made yeah. odd films in the 80s. They all made like yeah. either indie films or like esoteric films. Yeah. Uh, and so Sam Neill has done before this like Australian dramas yeah. and thrillers like Sleeping Dogs. Yeah. Uh, he, he was in The Third Omen, which I watched this year for the first yeah. time. And yeah it wasn't great but he was yeah. fine in it. so yeah he popped up in like these like strange films like that i watched dead calm the other day yeah yeah he's in that as well very so, yeah. early 90s yeah, uh, yeah thriller and i yeah it was fine but also <laughs> like well oh, this is very 90s um and like he's in like the hunt for october yeah uh been in a supporting role so i think he's a fantastic actor who has yeah. made really interesting choices up to this point like i haven't seen possession but i hear possession is bonkers <laughs> I'm trying to it's, think if I've seen it. It rings bell, but yeah, I've only heard about it in podcasts, and yeah. uh, it feels like a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I I think that he is great in this. I actually think he's really great in this. I think his kind of arc of being someone who doesn't want kids, someone who's kind of like fine with kids. I don't think it's the yeah. point where he wants kids. No, no. But he's like he gets this point where he's fine with kids. Yeah, and that's the thing that's running through. 
and so there's these, he has great interactions early on with the kids they doesn't really want to be around them and yeah. like i i've experienced that and i know people have been that with my kids they just really i think one of my brothers really doesn't want to spend too much time with my kids because they're quite challenging they're quite <laughs> they're a lot um so he yeah. plays that really well yeah and again i think with the casting of this and others by having these actors who are more experienced with dramas or with more adult fare that that isn't big blockbusters yeah is that those kind of conversations in the first half that are so central to it are so compelling because you've got really great actors yeah doing those parts and so sam is like very capable well, sam as if i know him sam Neil, yeah sam he's the old very mate, capable sam. In those moments, in the conversation that take place, in the funny moments, there's a lot of humor in this film, and he is great in those moments, and um, is also very capable in like the action set pieces. And when it's uh, so, you have to be a good actor to plausibly get across that sense of peril and threat, and like with very yeah. few lines, and you're just doing it all with your body or with your gestures yeah he's 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 great in this yeah and it is refreshing that he's not gone off and starred in like every marvel or dc or yeah other films and like it seems he pops into action films once every five years when he needs yeah. another payday and i know he lives in new zealand or australia new zealand, yeah yeah new zealand with his sheep yeah I follow him on twitter and he posts a lot about his sheep <laughs> yeah. and yeah he's just he's just a really charming individual yeah. that has never um done any more than just occasional blockbusters yeah actually we recently watched his uh, film rams which is about his that, it's looks, about a sheep yeah. farm it's it, it's brilliant <laughs> it's really well worth the watch it's just he, actually the character he plays in it is very like alan grant if alan grant had grown old and lived on a sheep farm so <laughs> it's pretty worthwhile watching from that point of view um yeah and, and i mean alan grant needs to be a bit prickly he's not yeah. meant to be someone you're like oh this guy is lovely and charming yeah. um he's meant to be a bit prickly and it's meant to be that he's forced into this situation it's not yeah. that he's not like not to disparage your actors like chris pratt always feels like he's about to be an action hero he always yes. feels like he's ready for an action scene yeah whereas yeah. sam nils alan grant doesn't he doesn't feel like he's gonna leap no. it, like rip off his shirt and be able to like yeah. take on dinosaurs yeah. it's like he feels slightly overwhelmed by the situation he's in yeah. which is nice because the situation they're in is overwhelming yes absolutely <laughs> and he treats it like that all the way through doesn't he yeah um so let's move to laura dern then um uh, laura dern right so again i've come from a very indie background i mean she was in blue velvet and wild heart two david lynch films before this um which were probably her biggest films to that point so again much like sam neill a really i know an odd choice, I suppose, for a blockbuster movie, which this Spielberg must have known before making this. This is going to be a blockbuster movie. This is going to yeah. make the most money possible. Um, what do you think of Laura Dern in this and her character and the choice of actors, I suppose? Yeah, again, I think she's great in this. I think uh, Ellie Sattler is a really interesting character. And there is a lot in this film that, manages to subtly bring in the fact that she's a she's a, a female character or a woman in a situation that is predominantly male yeah and said so yeah. there's the lines of like we can discuss uh, sexism in an emergency situation like yeah. or something like that yeah um she obviously has the no iconic uh, women inherit the earth yes. line. yeah so she said so, i mean there's that really interesting thing around ellie that 
she is one of the few women on screen for most of it. Yeah. Um, outside of the kids. Yes. Um, and like, yeah, Laura Dunn, and I think I've only just realized recently realized that she's quite a bit younger than the other two guys. Like she's she is, yeah, yeah. Quite a bit younger than Goldblum and Neil. Yeah. And so yeah, her before this was like really interesting, like 80s dramas and some teen stuff. Um, I watched Blue Velvet again the other day. Um Still don't quite get Lynch myself. No, I mean, no, it might be sacrilegious, but no, no, it's fine. That's... I, I, I've, I've watched every Lynch film, and I did a podcast with <laughs> about Mulholland Drive, and I, I said on that that I think Lynch is an absolute genius, but I can only ever watch his films once, and I go away yeah, from I, going. I think, like, yeah, that, I think that he's that a really great director <laughs> yeah. who just I don't get. But yeah, yeah I, I think I think uh, Laura Dern being part of that kind of lynching ensemble because she made films after this yes lynch of course yeah um yeah it makes it really interesting to have her again to have that energy brought in and like with the casting like these three main roles were rumored for lots of people they saw lots yeah, yeah. of fa- more famous people and yeah. they went with less famous options yeah which is good because yes. you kind of want these people to be less famous because i mean i love them but i'm not here for them i'm here no. for the big dinosaurs so exactly they fit nicely and yeah, and and she's really capable because her character gets pulled in and around different groupings. So like she's with one group and then she goes off to be with another group. And so she's yeah. really capable as a performer of being put in those kind of different groupings. Yeah. Which is really nice to watch. Um yeah, and just you know, she's lovely. I yes. love her. I love her in these films. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. And as much as I think it looks kind of silly having these characters back for the the next one yeah it's coming out does yeah. fill my little nostalgic heart of going oh maybe we like the old one it will not be like Jurassic Park no. I know this going in but no. maybe I might get a little bit of that magic back yeah. um and yeah, yeah part I, of that I, is just the way of performing is great yeah I did think that when I, I saw the trailer for the new one thought oh that's interesting that they're all coming back that's that that could make and it's a- not like the whole um Jeff Goblin thing of having him in scenes that could be lifted out of the second Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah, it's just there, yeah. Um, so let's talk about Jeff Goldblum here. Uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm. I think Jeff Goldblum's brilliant. Always thought he was great. He's just got something about him. I mean, before this, classics, The Fly, Earth Girls Are Easy. You know, he, <laughs> did, he did some brilliant films before this. What do you think of Jeff? So uh, I think there's got to be this really interesting energy to Ian Malcolm because he is this rock star scientist. He's a yeah. chaos titian, is that they call it? Yeah. Yeah. He's a chaos theorist. That's it. Yeah. He's in <laughs> leather and he's in all black and he's kind yeah. of sexy, yeah. but also kind of a bit like, oh, who is this guy? He's a, he's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that Goblin captures that fantastically. Yeah. And it's not dissimilar to the performance he gives in the first act of The Fly before he starts transforming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that kind of guy who's just frenetically yeah. into science and his yeah. approach to science is really frenetic and, yeah. and exciting. And he's got all these ideas bubbling yeah. away in him. Yeah. He also is quite a scene stealer and has some of the best lines. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, he has some of the best lines, the best delivery of those lines. But he is quite a, a irritating figure. And there's a bit where... Um, Hammond says quietly, I really hate that man. Yeah. And you can understand why. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Goldwyn plays Ian Malcolm in this really predictable fashion and just 
has this energy to him and he's sexy and he'll touch a guy's leg as he's talking to him to kind of wind him up and all sort of yeah. stuff. And it's, yeah. And then he, because he gets taken out by a dinosaur, yeah. spends the second half of the film lying with his chest open on a table. Yeah. And even then he's still, you know, stealing the scene, even yeah. by lying back and not doing yeah. a great deal. And he's yeah. just like, his interactions with characters in this are really fun and interesting and just yeah. being this like prickly individual that is winding up particularly Hammond. Yes. Like there's a great line where they, they're like trying to lead Ellie through the, um, to the power source. Like yes. Schematics. Yes. And like they're having a fight and then Hammond goes, I know how to read a schematics. And it's like, it's really great. And it makes me laugh every time I see, I yeah. give that line. So it's, yeah. Uh, Goldblum is perfect here and it kind of feeds into his energy that he's had and still has he's still this kind of strangely chaotic yeah. really sexy individual yeah and that's just his entire thing oh yeah, yeah. We'll... it has been everything he does yeah 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 and so like I mean he's an alien in Earth Girls or is he isn't he he's playing yes alien he's one of there. the aliens yeah so he's yeah. an alien in that and like in the fly he transforms into, like, into a fly human fly hybrid <laughs> and he's got yeah. this whole like during the transformations he's being quite quippy about the fact that like his ears fallen off but also yeah it's utterly tragic watching yeah, that happen it is yeah how yeah. sad that film is oh it is very it. very sad yeah it's um it's horrific and sad at the same time it's a really good film yeah and like i will say of goldblum of dern of neil i can't imagine anyone else in these parts i can't imagine any of the other actors i've read who were kind of screen tested or read for the part yeah so i think that the great thing with this casting we'll go into some more of the performances yep. is that they like took risks cast interesting actors who can yep. handle themselves in the quiet moments as well as the loud shouty ones god creates dinosaurs god destroys dinosaurs god creates man man destroys god man creates dinosaurs dinosaurs eat man woman inherits the earth um, so we've kind of covered the main three there but there's two two other performances i think that are absolutely major to this film which is the two kids um joseph mazello i think is how you pronounce his name as tim and ariana richards who plays lex um i mean i personally think these two are, are great um What's your opinion on them and their sort of performance through this? I, I think they're fabulous. I think that they um, have a lot of heavy lifting to do at times because it is a big blockbuster. There are big moments that have to have them, like the Velociraptors in the kitchen scene yeah, works yeah. because of yeah. them, because we get their fear and the tension in the yeah. room. Um, and it, yeah, I think they're great performances that have been teased out by Spielberg. And I think, that for the most part, Spielberg's career has been one of being able to work with kids and get out really good performances from them. So yeah, uh, even in Hook, which I don't want to, the performances are great. The performances oh, are yeah, great. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I might not like Rufio because he was always too cool for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think like the thing about uh, Tim and Lex is that we believe that they're siblings. We believe that they are in... A rainforest yeah. surrounded by dinosaurs. We yeah. believe that they're of varying degrees scared, upset, hurt. They are entirely believable performances from these two actors. Yeah. That um yeah, that haven't really had a career since. I mean, no. 
No, I was I looking that up and they're not. Joseph is in Bohemian Rhapsody as the drummer, whoever the drummer is something in Queen. Like that. Yeah, 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 I can't remember. Something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. But it's Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not to disparage your film, but... No, no, it was it was a very yeah. good film. But... <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so they have new musicals since, thing. So it's not like, I think... So I think there are child performers that yeah. are great in one or two films but then don't really go anywhere with their career. Don't really yeah. go beyond that. And then you get other child performers who are fantastic in their films at the start of the career and then remain so yeah. remain like Jodie Foster is great in Bugs yes. and Malone or in Taxi Driver. And yeah. then is a screen presence beyond the kids in Bugsy Malone who yeah. most of them did not have careers afterwards, no. but no. are all really good in that film. Yeah. And these two are really great in this film. I mean, I think in the T-Rex attack, the reason why their fear is so genuine is because that the glass plate was not meant to break, that the glass top <laughs> of the car was not meant to come down on top of them. No, no. And so that's why that fear is yeah. so genuine. That yeah, point. yeah. It um, works though, doesn't it? It works. And it's great for the film, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like that's not meant to happen like that. Oh, um, no, putting children yeah, in like, peril like that's probably, there's probably problems with that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like Spielberg is a master at, getting incredible performances yeah. from child actors yeah uh yeah and this is another testament to his ability to yeah. work with kids absolutely yeah um there is a, a massive extended cast here um you've mentioned <laughs> richard attenborough briefly i mean who as john hammond is just again much like the first three we mentioned it's a very strange choice of i suppose to a certain extent leading man to a certain bit because he was the mm there was a lot of focus on the fact that Richard Attenborough is in this when he first was sort of... Yeah, because he returned to acting after... Yeah. I have no, many how, no, no idea how long he was away from acting, but this was yeah. his return. Was his return, yeah. Yeah, what, what do you think of Richard Attenborough in this, then, as, as Hammond? I mean... um, So he's he's a wonderful screen presence. Yeah. It's really interesting to see. So early on in his career, he played a lot of those kind of, like... He did a mix of, like... British war dramas where he was the youthful one and kind of like the CD British crime thriller, so yeah, like yeah. Brighton Rock. Yeah. And it's that kind of weird balance that clearly he was a, whatever you want to call it, a sex icon in the 40s. Clearly he was a yeah. romantic icon for people in the yeah. 40s. And he kind of just traveled around for a bit until the 60s and then was like, no, no, I'm going to be a director now and made yeah. some great films. Like I watched yeah, yeah. Magic again the other day and yeah, Magic yeah. was one of those weird, sad films that's just wonderful. Yeah. Um, and him here, he is so great. His line delivery is so great. And why I think it's so great is that I've only just started to kind of read that he's not a nice person and he's not a good mm. person. Mm. And he might be the film's proper villain because he is the one who has um, started this endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is, shouldn't, shouldn't have happened. They shouldn't have done this. No, no, it's never it's, done it, the, the force of him that is, is leading them on to this path. Um, yeah. And Attenborough feeds it in so well, whilst also remaining yeah. this kind of twinkly, lovable individual. Like yeah. he is quite lovable as Hammond. His yeah. enthusiasm is quite lovable. Like the bit in the trailer when he is pitching to Ellie and Alan to come and do yeah. it. It's all this like energy to him, and like he like pops yeah. the cork and it goes everywhere. And he's like, yeah, he's really, um, really endearing here. Has a great accent, and like at yes. one time, uh corrects himself when he says schedule a different way like he says it in in the not the right way and he then corrects himself yes he does it's, yeah. it's all yeah. that stuff in him 
this kind of energy to him yeah. that has to be there for Hammond to be the figure who has done this ridiculous endeavor. Yeah. Like the charisma of Hammond that gets people on board to like, you know, resurrect dinosaurs and put them yeah, in the yeah. park. It, yeah. I mean, it's a, a oh, ridiculous idea, but it absolutely is. Yeah. The charisma of a billionaire is that they can, you know, have some a stupid idea like I want to go into space and yeah. make it seem normal. Yeah, let's just do it. Yeah, we can make dinosaurs come back. Yeah, and he yeah. is he's he's totally believable in if he was there saying this is something we can do, you'd go, Yeah, okay, we'll we'll do that for you because you seem like a really nice guy. He's he's everyone's favorite um grandfather, isn't he? He's got that that about him in this and, but he's also a bit presence. of a snake oil salesman, he's a bit of a oh, con yeah. artist. Like yeah, yeah. A lot of his dialogue with certain people is kind of like there's a con going on here that yeah. he's pulling on a con. And like, he has that incredible scene in the back half of the film where he's talking about the flea circus and not really yes. getting that. The thing is the flea circus is a con. Yes. And it's not charming that he's conning yeah. these people. It's that he's running a con. And yeah. that's in a sense, in essence, what Jurassic Park is. It's a con. It's con. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's also a con that can kill them. So, you know. Yes, it's a con that's gone wrong. To a certain it's a con that's gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. I keep, I always forget when I'm watching this film that Samuel L. Jackson's in it. And I don't know why <laughs> I always forget that. Whenever I watch it, ah, oh, it's Samuel L. Jackson. And he pops up as he, he's, he's kind of, he works with Nedry, doesn't he? He's one of the major programmers in this. Yes, he's like, kind of runs um, the park. And... Yeah, like the logistics guy. Like, yeah. The, the, they say logistics of running a park. So he's getting people to get to the boat. He's, um, so he's not doing the technical things. He's not, his character's not so gifted with computers because he can do yeah. computers, but it's that he has to have someone like uh, Nedry who we'll get into yeah. <laughs> um, to be there. And yeah. like it's like this thing about Samuel L. Jackson at the time that before he started starring in Tarantino films, yeah. he was an actor who played kind of bit parts. He kind yes. of yeah. pops up in films. Like he's yeah. in The Exorcist Free and he's in, yeah, yeah. he has like minor roles in, in quite, prominent films yeah and yeah. like famously they couldn't shoot his his death scene because they'd had a storm that had destroyed sets before they could film his death but yeah yeah he's, he manages to leave an impression he obviously has the hold on to your butts line which he says yeah twice, yeah i think or three times <laughs> yeah yeah and like he says it it says it when the tour starts and he says it when he does the lights yes. when he does the power um and it'd be just like clearly in an office, he has like an office phrase, and that's it. That, that's what he says. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> that's he, what he says at random points. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think he plays the part really well. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily leave an impression in the same way that some of the other bit parts does. No, no. I think that's more in the, the part he's playing, doesn't, doesn't really get moments by himself, doesn't yeah. get those moments to dominate a scene because yeah. he's with other characters who are dominating their scenes. So he's, yeah. But I think that's the power of Samuel L. Jackson in this film. And in other films he's made is that he doesn't always have to be the one who's stealing the scene. He can no. be a good supporting player. Yeah. And, and yeah, he's great. So I, I think he's yeah. great in this, but also not, yeah. it's not one of his like top tier films. No, no, no. I mean, I think he, he stands out more simply because of his career he's had after this. Yeah. It's just it's strange to be like, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's Samuel Jackson. Yeah. That's Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Which like I say, I always forget he's in it. Cause, and I guess that is, it's a very forgettable role. It's not, a major thing you don't and it's kind of meant to be it's not yeah. meant he's he's, he's he's just a bit it's a testament to him that it leaves an impression as much yeah. as it does like have the famous line yeah is in his delivery of that famous line yeah let's talk briefly about um bob peck as muldoon 
and Martin Ferrero, I think is how you pronounce his name, who plays Gennaro, who is the, the lawyer who goes on the trip with them. Um, Bob Peck first, who is a, he's, he's a dinosaur wrangler, basically, isn't he? He's, yeah. He's kind of Chris's role in the current films, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's the peak puffer's weight of the second one. He, yeah, they yeah. have this, like, yeah. role that they have of this, like, uh, hunter, almost. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. Animal wrangler. Um, yeah. I think that uh, Peck is fantastic in this mm. and Muldoon is close to being my favourite character in the film because can see he's yeah, just yeah. there telling you that the Velociraptors are really scary. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's all his purpose is. Yeah, yeah. And, like, um, his second scene, he's in the first scene and he's commanding that first scene. And he has that shoot her line, which I shout when my daughter is running. I shout, <laughs> shoot her, shoot her. And he's great in that. And then he comes up again and, like, he's telling them all about, oh, no, the Velociraptors are terrifying yeah. and violent and fast yeah. and that they are testing the fences and yeah. are smart. Yeah. They're and he's just always species. there. Like when the power, when the uh, Nedry turns off the power, he's like, he asks about the Raptor fences. Yeah. So really his character is only really there to like keep reminding you that there is the real threat of the film. Of the danger. The real yeah. animal threat of the film isn't here yet and it's coming. And it's kind of yeah. like the whole like third man where is the third man? Who is the third man? Let's, yeah. It's like keeps talking about the like what's going to be the thing about the final act. And that's yeah. mostly what his character is. But Peck does it so well. is in a phenomenal pair of shorts throughout. Like his outfit <laughs> is great. And then he has a really great death sequence. Like his death is just surprisingly long. Like I think it's about eight seconds that his head is being chewed by yes. a raptor. It is quite a while, cuts. isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's he's a really great presence, but who's mostly there just to big up the threat yeah. that's coming. Yeah, and it's done really well, and it's just I think the strength of the script and of all yeah. the other components that he doesn't just feel like he's there as exposition dump of what's coming. And Martin Ferrero as <laughs> Gennaro is also really, I mean, he's he's not very likable. He's, he's not at all. <laughs> but he's not meant to be, is he? I mean, he's, he's, he's the lawyer, isn't he? And lawyers aren't supposed to be likable in any of these things. So, And like, yeah, like he's, he's there to like be the money man and yeah. talk about coupon day and yeah. get excited about the financial repercussions yeah. of them being able to do this with dinosaurs. Yeah. And he's there at the start to be a threat to the very existence of Jurassic Park. Yeah. But a very mild threat that is won oh, over yeah. immediately and is there just talking about the money and talking about yeah. how they're going to be successful and to be that nagging voice during the tour going i don't think we should do this should we be getting out the car should yeah. we not be back with the car stuff like that yeah and then dies spectacularly yeah, and yeah. coward and running away and leaving kids behind and we so the instantly leaves the kids behind we yeah. know he's not going oh, to yeah. make it out this scene because it's a firm rule in most films that if you don't protect the kids you're not That's going to survive it. the film yeah um and yeah. He, he plays the part well but he does yeah. He's not a very likable character. No, not at all. No, no. <laughs> Just but he needed to be mentioned at some point. And we'll probably talk exactly. about him later as we go through the rest of the film. And then I think we get to uh, Wayne Knight as Nedry. Nedry's got something about him. He's he's not likable, but he is likable at the same time. <laughs> what do you he think? He has a repugnant character. He has a repugnant charisma to him. So he's yes, really repugnant. Yes. And really hateable, but he's really charismatic and yes. fun. And I love all of his scenes. Yeah. That bit when he meets Dodson yeah. and uh, is doing his illicit deal to steal the embryos. Yeah. He's 
great. He's loving it. His laugh is infectious. Yeah. Him putting that weird foam stuff on a someone's pie who's definitely going to eat that pie and be like, oh, there's shaving cream on this yeah. pie. Um, yeah, he's he's wonderful. I've only yeah. just started watching Seinfeld, which is where <laughs> Elsa Wayne Knight is famous from. Yes. And <laughs> what a 80s, 90s Wayne Knight had. Like, Absolutely, yeah. Some other films he's in, and but here he is, so fantastic. Yeah, and checks out about halfway through. Yeah, but has dominated so much the film. Yeah, yeah. Although moments he's in, and he's kind of like that, he adds this energy to the scenes he's in. That's just, yeah, it's great. And yeah, I love what he wears. I love, yeah. I love, him. I love, I love yeah, there is, this film. I there is something about him, isn't it? He's got he's. He's just such a, a big character on on screen that you can't you can't miss him when he's there. He's he's, I suppose, in the same way as a lot of the other actors, he steals scenes very well. Um, and like, so have to watch him. The issue I have with most of the sequels is that the humans are out and out evil. There's like an yeah. evil corporation doing evil things. Yeah, like I watched the second Jurassic World the other day, and it's so stupid to yeah. watch and be like, wait, why are you doing that? Well, that's really ridiculous, yeah. and. Yeah. Wayne Knight's Nedry is the closest we have to an out-and-out villain. Yeah, you can read Attenborough's Hammond as a villain, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he's not. It's it's kind of in the ph- philosoph- philosophical argument within the film. Yeah, that he's a villain. Yeah, but what Wayne Knight's Nedry is doing is wrong. Yeah, causes the immediate issues. Yeah, and he pays he pays the price by oh, being absolutely yeah yeah spectacularly killed. Um. But he's doing it in a very... His motivation is really human. He wants money. Yeah. And it's not like he's an evil head of a... He's, the, no, he's no, not no. the evil CEO of a, no. of a corporation. He's, he's, he's doing this because of reasons. He's doing this for the basic thing that he wants yeah. money, that he doesn't feel like he's being paid enough by where he works. Yeah. And he probably isn't being paid enough by where he works. Probably not, no. And Hammond has fucked him off, and this is what he's going to do. Yeah. I mean, and it more... feeds in several times that he's doing this because Hammond's screwed yeah. him over or he yeah. Hammond hasn't given him what he wants. Yeah, he's more misguided than anything else. He's not a, an out-and-out villain. He is just, I need some money and the easiest way of getting yeah. it is by selling these embryos and actually, he screwed me over so I'll screw him back and over. His computer time. program's too good. That's the problem. His, com- his hack is too good yeah. and takes out too much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit too much stuff which yeah. causes some problems. Let's get into this story then. Um, I'd love to sit and talk to you for hours about it and i think we could talk about every single scene but there's a certain a certain part of me thinks i think it's been talked about probably too much um but also it, it becomes a very boring podcast if we just go through scene by scene so if if you were just sitting at home and you've got the dvd and you're not allowed to watch all two hours okay i know that's an absolute sacrilege you're not allowed to watch it all Got to put it in. You've got to speed up. Where are you going to speed up to? Where were the first point that you would speed up this film to? What were the first scene you have to watch? Oh, you've asked a question that's <laughs> a tricky one because I want to say that all the scenes are essential. Um, I think you need the first time we meet Ellie and Alan. Right. And you yeah. can even skip the bit where Alan is talking about the Velociraptors because, again, that's once again, the film is reiterating that the real threat, <laughs> real physical threat will be the Velociraptors because yeah. we've had them in the first scene within the second scene. Yeah. So the bit where they meet Alan, uh, when, when they meet Hammond and are pitched, you've got to have that moment. Yes. Them saying yes to that. Yeah. You have the helicopter ride in. Yeah. You can skip the explanation. 
as great as it is, as much as I love Mr. Yeah, yeah. DNA. It's the DNA, yeah. It's great. <laughs> um, you got to, you, you can skip that because yeah, yeah. You, you don't it's just need exposition, to know how they isn't it? Do yeah. It. yeah. Um, I might keep the bit with the Velociraptor is born because I think it's a nice beat of the film. I think it's a nice beat to have. Yeah. Be- and just go to that bit when they're around the eggs. Yeah. Uh, I'm to skip to after that. And that leads nicely into the kids turning up. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we haven't had any of Dennis's stuff. No, no. Mm. <laughs> Maybe we needed the scene where Dennis is... Maybe you... a truncated scene of that. I don't know. Do you need it? You need it, I suppose, to know why he's off out at the end when he's switching off the fence, I suppose. But... Yeah, you, you need it to... For Otherwise, it to there's no reason. As to yeah. why the yeah. power has gone off. So some sort of truncated scene to show that Dennis is is doing what he's doing. Yeah. You probably need on the tour, you need the bit of the triceratops because you need yes. to separate Ellie off. Yeah. And you need them to kind of have a, a bit of the NAF tour. Yes. And it would be a yes. NAF tour. If you took that tour, it'd be really NAF because you see none of the dinosaurs. You don't see anything, no. I'm not no. sure why they have these particular dinosaurs because you're not going to see them most of the time. No. Because they're hiding in the forest. Yeah, that's what they do. Be seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. They've got too much forest, haven't they? Really, I suppose. <laughs> and then you can skip to the bit where the power goes off. You get the T Rex breakout. Yeah, yeah. You don't need the bit with Tim in the tree. No, sadly, as much no. fun as that is. Yeah. Uh... Well, I suppose that's the bit though that then makes Alan realise that kids aren't too bad, isn't it? But that's not essential to the plot. Like that's, no, that's true. his journey. It's his journey, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's not really the, it's the not plot of the that film. We yeah. need to know that he doesn't want kids. Yeah. And him and Ellie are an item. And I saw that on Twitch the other day that people confused that him and Ellie are an item. And I'm mm. like, well, no, the film states it quite mm. clearly that these two are an item. Yeah. And that they're clearly having a conversation about having kids. Yeah. And that's their thing. And just because there's not like a scene where, like, well, I want kids, well, I don't. And because there's not yeah. that scene. Yeah. Um, how and then I think how bizarre people prob- didn't realize they were an item. I can't, I can't Gosh, get why, I can't. how you would Twitters, Twitters. Oh, well, Weirdness. yeah. Um, I think you then go to the second T Rex scene, yeah, and uh, you just have the discoveries, you don't necessarily need the chase, sadly, mm. as much fun as that is, yeah, yeah. Maybe turning back on the power, we're turning off the power, turning on the power, yeah, and then. The kitchen scene, yeah, and then you keep the finale as that. it is. You yeah. just have the finale as it is because you then just got to watch like, the rest of it. <laughs> like the thing about this film is that it's getting more and more propulsive as it goes along. So the first hour mm. is quite slow, then yeah. the second half, then uh, an hour, an hour to an hour and a half, it gets speedy. Yeah, and yeah. things happen quicker and quicker, and then the last half an hour is just stuff happening all the time. It's just ramming yeah. through velociraptors, T Rexes. Turning back on the power, yeah. into that helicopter, boom, yeah. home. And it's just that in half an hour, and it's really great. Yeah. It's the MFF Awards. First one, standout performance. Who is your standout performance in this? So I, I separated off what I thought were like the four main um, actors. So like, yeah. I think it's Attenborough, Neil, Goldblum, and uh, Dern. Like yeah. four that like. They're great in this, but they're in it a lot. Yeah. So I've landed on Wayne Knight because <laughs> right, <fair enough. laughs> he's in it a bit. He's only in it in the first half. Yeah. He's only in a couple of scenes. Yeah. He leaves such an in- 
undeniable impression on me. Yeah. I love him in this film. He is, again, he's the most interesting character to me because he's not a nice person. He's very dislikable, but he's also kind of charming and likable. Yeah. And I can identify with him. And frankly, if I was working for Hammond, I yeah. would turn into uh, Dennis. I, I would do what he yeah. does. Maybe, yeah, I can see maybe that. Maybe not as much, but you, you would do something yeah. that you shouldn't do. Yeah. And I he just opens up so much, so many more interesting aspects of the story that's barely explored. So like yeah. and there are other corporations trying to do what they're doing. Yeah. Trying to get up to speed. Yeah. And yeah, and just, yeah, like Wayne Knight is clearly having a blast here. Yeah. Yeah. And has some incredible lines and some incredible line readings and just gets in, leaves an impression and then exits the film. And yeah. the film is slightly less because of him. Yeah. Not really, because it's still got amazing action scenes and yeah, it's yeah. still doing amazing things. But like, yeah. so I contemplated Bob Peck, but yeah, I slightly yeah. put Wayne Knight ahead of this because yeah. I think he's so good at this. Yeah, I can absolutely agree with that. I am not going for Wayne Knight. I'm, I'm going for Ariana Richards as Lex. I think that as a child performer, she is putting in an absolute performance for lifetime there. I think we see an awful lot through her eyes. And the fear she portrays, certainly in that kitchen scene, is is oh, one yeah. of those things that just makes that scene as powerful as it is. So it's that shot when she's holding the jelly and yeah. she's shaking <laughs> and she's preempting you knowing that the Velociraptors are there. Be yeah. like, uh oh. Yeah. Something bad is about to happen. Yeah. And it's all absolutely on her performance at that point. And it's it yeah, I think she's brilliant in it. Yeah. 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 So Gary, what do you think then, stand up performance? Um, well, I, I, the special effects have got to kind of be mentioned as a yeah. standout performance. The dinosaurs, if we're not allowed to do dinosaurs, because they weren't really there, I, Jeff Goldblum. I mean, yeah. I love Jeff Goldblum as an actor. He's, I, 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 for me, he was the most watchable thing in it, and he wasn't used enough in it for me. I, I'd like to, have, I'd like to see a lot more of Jeff. Yeah, they used him more in, in the second one, obviously, but he played a very different character, I always thought, yes, in the second film. he was yeah. a totally different character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so for me, I think Jeff Goldblum was... was, was I, I like to see like, Jeff Goldblum kind of almost as the lead, you know, someone who was just a fish out of water in this sort of jungle full of dinosaurs. Yeah. You know, um, a mathematician or whatever he was supposed to be. I think it would be a much more interesting lead. So Jeff Goldblum. Um, so best scene. Uh, so my favourite scene, maybe of any film ever, of all of cinema, yeah, is the T-Rex escape. Yeah. Is when the power goes out and the T-Rex escapes. And that's yeah. because, so I, I realised this when I watched Jaws again, that there's so much build-up in, in Spielberg's yeah. action set pieces. He has so much time. He has like five or six minutes beforehand of stuff. So like, this is like, you follow... Um, Ian and Alan in their car having their conversation, the power stops. And yeah. then we kind of stay with them for a while. And you get the kind of awkward conversations with the kids and the lawyer. And, yeah. Uh, Tim finds the goggles. Yeah. And then you get like all these like iconic bits to it, like the water shaking. Yeah. 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 And Tim looking out and the goat's gone. And that line, where's the goat? And then you start seeing bits of the T-Rex. So you see its yeah. hand on the thing. Yeah. And it's also a really interesting scene because different characters have different amounts of knowledge at different points. Yes. So uh, the, that car knows 
quite early on that the T-Rex is coming, whereas yeah. the car behind them doesn't know this because it's yeah. a rainy night. And it's again, it's chucking it down. It's really atmospheric. Yeah. And then the T-Rex emerges and I'm like, I'm still astounded by the effects of yeah. that moment of the yeah, T-Rex yeah, yeah. coming out. Yeah. And then just goes gangbusters from there. So it's the yeah, T-Rex yeah. flips over a car, attacks the yeah. kids, kills a lawyer, runs yeah. down Ian Malcolm, <laughs> and then pushes Alan and Tim off of, no, not Alan, Alan and, and Lexi, Lex, off yeah. of the... um off of that bit and i can even yeah, forgive it that it has like a mistake yeah. in it that i don't understand how the where the t-rex is is flat and then has a huge drop yeah and I, i'm always aware of this but i'm like no no i don't care i don't care if yeah. there's any consistency here who cares is it not just the whole zoo thing that you know in our zoos where you've got things like chester zoo where you have a kind of open zoo where the, the fences are quite low that there is there's a massive dip on the other side of the fence then it goes back up again so they're just it's just, there's a bit across, with the with the that. with the goat, yeah. Lamb, oh, yeah. Goat. So it, it might it might make sense. It's always it been does. those things being slightly like, mm. hang on a second, that's a huge drop. But yeah, again, I don't care because no, it still um, works. <laughs> it's like this wonderful marriage of technical prowess, yeah, and like the narr- the narrative has been working towards this moment, yeah. has been seeding in this moment. We've already been past the T-Rex. We've already seen this yeah. in the daytime. We already yeah. know how this works. Yeah. And yet just, it's kind of just Spielberg saying, we're done with those conversations about whether or not this is right or wrong. Yeah. We're done with the philosophy. Yeah. Here are some dinosaurs. Things are going to get fun. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so Gary, what was your favorite scene? Um, right. Well, I'm going to go for... And for a second, I kind of thought the bit at the beginning when you see them sort of brachiosaurs heads coming up yeah. out of the forest, that was an amazing bit. Um, but the best, but then at the end of the film, the very, very best bit of the film is right at the very end when the Tyrannosaurus is kind of resplendent at the very end of the film. And you go, Rawr! and he's still alive. It's like, yeah. oh, yay. I loved a yeah. bit. I always feel sad in monster movies when, when King Kong dies and whatever, you know, at least the monster always kind of dies at the end. Yeah. Jaws dies at the end. Yeah. And I was just, oh, brilliant. The Tyrannosaurus is still romping around, <laughs> killing people. Yeah. Give, it's like give, giving the, the, the dinosaur the hero moment at the end, I suppose. It is. And of course, also just setting up for a massive big sequel, <laughs> Jurassic Park 2. Which, which they did, didn't they? So, you know. Revenge of the dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> dinosaur strikes back. <laughs> yeah, Tyrannosaurus at the very, very end. I love that bit. Best one-liner or best line, favorite line. I mean, this is impossible because oh, I know, was the entire of, script. Loads of, yeah, yeah. Um, you could just say the thing, couldn't you? I, there's a bit when they so the, when they find Ian Malcolm, yeah, and he's like passed out and groaning. His first line is, "Remind me to thank John for a lovely weekend," <laughs> and he's saying this as he's coming to, and. I could have done so much. Like, I quote lines from this so often. Yeah. Like, I will say, turn the light off, turn the light off repeatedly. Yeah. I will say, shoot her if my yeah. daughter is running, which might sound strange to people. Slightly odd, seen. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's a bit when uh, Ian Malcolm tells her to follow, like, there's a black pipe above you, follow that, or something yeah. like that. And I'll repeat that. But it is that. And I was thinking today as I watched it, of what is the best line in this film. And it's either that or the King Kong line. And yeah. I think it might be just remind me to thank John for a lovely weekend because it's yeah. so deadpan. So yes, like it is it's beautiful funny. Film, isn't it? 
and yeah. he's just come to having been attacked by a dinosaur and yeah. you're like you're very cool if you like that. <laughs> I go, oh, my dear God, God. i'd be like i'd be in tears i wouldn't yeah. have anything to say but he does so it's that he one. does yeah fair enough that's that's a, a good best a good line but i mean i have a poster downstairs of like 15 jurassic park quotes on <laughs> i don't think that's on it but like it could be any number of those. I love yeah. bingo, dino, DNA, because I love it. Because so, yeah. why not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, but I, I, I like the, it's probably, it's the one that's the famous one. It's the God creates dinosaurs, God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man, man destroys God, man creates dinosaurs. Uh, and Ellie responds with dinosaurs eat man, woman inherits the earth. It's a, a brilliant sort of two lines that go together so yeah. well and, I just think it shows a lot about where they were within sort of sexism, I suppose, within the film and saying, actually, this is a strong woman that's in here. And I, I like any film that does that. Um, and I, I mean, I think the script itself, I, we've got to briefly say, this script is tight and phenomenal and oh, has so many lines. Yeah, yeah. And I think that both in front of the camera and behind the camera, so many performers, so many cast and crew in this yeah. are at the top of their game. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I haven't even talked about Dean Cundey's no. incredible cinematography. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Michael Kahn who does editing? Yeah, just like there's all these amazing. Oh, yeah. Like, and so it's why it's so hard for me to pick my yes. favorite one line because yeah. I think the script is just gorgeous. Gary, what would be your best line? My favorite line, which I think sort of sums up the whole movie, is life finds a way. Yeah, I do that, you know, that it's chaos, you know, whatever you think is going to happen, isn't going to happen, which kind of is the, is the, is the, sort of the whole thing about the, the film, isn't it, really? Um, however, there is another, like, I just share this, there's a lovely little thing. There's, um, there's a line where the talk, the paleontologist is talking to one, turns around and says, you know, you're out of a job. And then the other paleontologist comes back and says, don't you mean extinct? Which is kind of a funny little line. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it was kind of an, it wasn't an ad lib, but apparently when, um, Spielberg and the special effects guy Tippett were, were looking at the very first animatics of, 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 of the dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, Spielberg turned to the to the special effects guy and said, "You're out of a job." And the special effects guy turned back and went, "Don't you mean extinct?" Ah. He loved the line so much he put that line into the movie. Wow. So there you go. Yeah. That's a bit of film trivia. Yeah, film trivia. Yeah. You know, we like a bit of film trivia. Best cameo. Oh. Um- I just have his name. It's whoever voices Mr. DNA. He like is like this voice actor who did like, um, is it Porky in in Looney Tunes? Greg Burson. So yeah, ah, uh, yeah. My favorite cameo is from Greg Burson, and I mean, I'm looking at his career now. He's the voice of Boss Nass in Episode One. Yeah, he does voices for Wacky Races. For he's Yogi Bear for a couple of oh right. He's Elmer Fudd. Wow. He's Bugs Bunny in the short. He's Daffy Duck. He's, so he's this like really great voice actor. Yeah. And so the thing about Jurassic, uh, Jurassic Park, is there aren't really that many number of cameos. No. You not. could argue no. someone like whoever plays Dodson, but that's mostly because he's a really fun like hat and glasses yeah. and kind yeah. of a vaguely ridiculous character coming in. Yeah. But Mr. DNA has one scene and he's an exposition dump. But yeah. he does it so well. Yeah. Greg Burson does it so well that I don't mind that actually this is just an exposition dump. Yeah. So you yeah. can be told the science behind this film. That's so yeah, he's my favorite cameo. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna cheat 
because I like to cheat because it's my podcast. I'm allowed to. <laughs> I'm going for the Dilophosaurus, which is the poison spitting dino, dino that takes out Nedry. <laughs> it's a cheat, but hey, he's brilliant. <laughs> he leaves a great impact. Absolutely. Is she? Are they she's? She, she? They're all she, great... aren't they? They're all yeah. she's. So yeah. she leaves great impact. And yeah. he's just, yeah, what a horrid death for a horrid Absolutely. character. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And without that, it just wouldn't be the same, would it? Best cameo than Gary. Right. Well, now, normally, Gary, you are the expert at getting cameos. I know I always miss the cameos. <laughs> you can't beat this one. The best cameo in Jurassic Park is Jaws. There's a scene where, uh, where, uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Nedry, the computer guy, are, yeah. are, are chatting around a computer screen, and Nedry is actually watching on the computer screen the movie Jaws. Wow. Uh, Jaws and Quint and, Br- and, and, and Brody and everything, they're, they're on the screen. They're tiny, but they're kind of in the film. So wow. I want to say that's the best. That's that, the best. That's definitely all. the best. That's well done. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you think dates the film particularly? So I do think some of the CGI has aged it. Mm. I do think that when the film is wholly CGI, you can see that it's just because it's from the early 90s. Yeah. And, and yeah. You can see that. So it does undercut the welcome to Jurassic Park moment because yeah. the Dilophosaurus yes. is so... It's fine, but you can tell it's a computer yeah. effect. Whereas yeah. like they're much clever in how they use it in like the t-rex escaping scene because it's in the yeah. rain it doesn't need to look as good as it, it, it should and any close-up is a puppet the bit where the t-rex comes in and kills starts eating the the dinosaurs the, the camera is quite far away from it we don't see close yeah. up to it yeah um yeah i think that's the thing that ages it for yeah. me Mostly, oh. but I, I think it's aged better than even some modern blockbusters because oh, it's yeah, complicated yeah. because it takes its time to have the conversation. Yeah, yeah. It feels like a different beast to a modern blockbuster yeah. in a good way. So it's yeah. kind of like aged well in that regard. But some of the effects are a bit ropey. Yeah. Um, I think so, in some the of the front half of the film. Yeah, I think some of the marrying between CGI and practical um, look yeah. a little bit dodgy because obviously the practical looks so well textured and it looks so right and then you yeah. get this kind of not quite cg quite look good look and rendered cg that's just doesn't match quite right but yeah yeah i think you're probably right there the things that are the, the dating things what would be the one thing that dates the film the most then well the, the paleontology to be honest when i was a kid <laughs> i was just massive into dinosaurs i'm still kind of into anthropology and cavemen type things but the paleontology is just rubbish. Maybe that's why I don't like the film. Like the velociraptors in real life are the size of chickens and Dilophosaurus is about 20 foot long. And they know T-Rex is covered in feathers now and raptors are covered in feathers. Yeah. And yeah. They just got it all wrong. They just yeah. And they still didn't fix it in the sequels. It's just yeah. so wrong. And T-Rex can't run. It's just too heavy to run. It's, yeah. That. Just, get, oh, just get the paleontology right. I Fair enough. That, that, that's that's reasonable, absolutely. An extra award that I put on for just this one, I put on for, <laughs> I put in for American Wealth London and Jaws, so it's it's in good company here. Best kill. So I, I, I'm torn between this, and I'm I know which one I'm going to go for. So yeah. I'll give an honourable mention to the kill at the start. Right. Yes. Which is is it Gregory? Is that the name of the character? Oh, I can't remember the name of the character now. Whoever is so that, that poor. <laughs> 
Um, and that's in there because you see almost none of the dinosaur and it's just there to kind of right yeah. at the off establish that dinosaurs are a threat. That yes. And that yes. maybe Jurassic Park is not as, as amazing as it's going to appear for the next hour. Mm. That, mm. And also kind of sets in motion the fact that they have to have a tour, they have to have people sign off on this park because people are dying. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just a wonderful scene, but it, it tunes into my favorite kill, yeah. which is, is the hunter's death. Yeah. Because that's just wonderful. Yeah. And again, the film spends so long telling us that velociraptors are a threat and they don't come in until like 25 minutes yeah, until no. the end properly. Yeah. yeah. And they thin. are a threat from, from the off. Oh, they're immediately a threat. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. it's that you get this, again, the long build that Spielberg gives of him hunting it, of him yeah. saying, we're being hunted, you can go. And then it cuts back to him yeah. and it has him setting up his gun. Yeah. And we've been told by Alan that they hunt in packs and that you yep. should be worried about the one that's going to come from your side. side yeah. And that's what he happens. He has his yeah. eye set on one of them and then this other one comes in yeah. and kills him. And it would be my favourite line, but because I knew it was my favourite kill, I didn't use it. Fair the enough. Clever Girl line Clever girl, yeah. is phenomenal. It is, it? I was just it's say such that. a good line. It might be the best line in the script. Yeah. Um, yeah. His delivery of it is phenomenal. And yeah. again, it holds the camera on his death about eight seconds and every time i watch it with my daughter i'm like are you okay i always ask you if she's okay because this guy's having his face yeah. eaten and it's probably Mold the off, most yeah. viscerally violent yeah. moment in the film because all is, the other deaths yeah. are either shorter or we don't see enough of them so like the, yeah the death at the start we see his hand slipping and we hear his screams yeah. um yeah yeah so that's my favorite kill yeah uh because yeah. my uh, the other dinosaur bits are not kills they're like no interactions but they're not like yeah about the kill but that's about True. the kill that's about the kill yeah um i'm gonna go with the t-rex eating them um, martin Freno on the toilet to be honest because uh <laughs> when you gotta go it, it made me laugh it still makes me laugh every time i see it that you know this dinosaur rips off the roof of this big toilet and there he is just sat there and gets gets munched and, by the t-rex and he gets it has that great beat where the t-rex is looking at him and yeah. he's kind of going, oh no. And then the T-Rex eats him. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just nicely put together. I like a nice comic death. It's always good. <laughs> yeah. You don't want it to be too serious. Uh, so Gary, your best kill? Uh, well, I was kind of going to, first of all, go with, there's a bit where there's a guy sat in the toilet and the dinosaur eats from the toilet. <laughs> just for the, uh, that, that's funny. Um, but I think the best kill is Nedry when he's kind of going through the jungle and he sees these little kind of cute gremlin, like little gremlin type dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. go, oh, they're kind of sweet. The Dilophosaurus, and then the frills come up and then they spit on him and eat him and kill him. And, uh, I love that. So I think we've we've pretty much covered the film. Um, 29 years old, this film now. It's going to get its 30th anniversary next year, unbelievably. Um, Actually, something big for that. Ooh, what do yeah. I do for that? Mm. Maybe we get a tattoo, a giant back <laughs> tattoo of the symbol. Wow! Now that would be a really cool tattoo. I don't have any tattoos, and I have a very low pain threshold, so so maybe not. That might <clears> not be not. your best first one. <laughs> um, how do you think it holds up? Uh, I think it holds up. Well, I mean, I, it's my favorite film. I think yeah. it holds up really well. I do think there's still that thing that I think that uh, us parents will misremember it. Yeah. And show it to children when they're slightly too young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
because I, 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 I I've did. talked to someone else <laughs> on my podcast who's taking his son to see it and thought it might have been a mistake to watch it in the cinema with him. Mm. And I think it's sometimes a mistake when I watch it with my daughter and like that Velociraptor attack, I'm like, is this a mistake? Am I scarring her? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it still has that potent quality to it. It's still compelling and interesting and a bit scary. Yeah. But the fear and horror feels slightly detached than it does in something like Jaws because yes. we're never going to probably meet dinosaurs, whereas yep. we yep. might meet a shark. We might not have a fun time with a shark. But Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so I think it holds up well. I also think it's like its place in uh, practical and digital effects yeah. makes it hold up yeah. well because it is this this milestone in um, blockbusters, in, in effects and in all of that. And it's just this along with Terminator 2 is like yeah. the first time that you see CGI because it'd been used in the 80s. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And you're like, no, CGI can work. CGI is good. Yeah, yeah. This was This was properly showing us CGI does does do the job and you can actually make a film around it and it look decent yeah and um, i don't think spielberg has ever been as good as he is here again i think there's some films earlier in his career that kind of touch this but because yeah. i have such a a skewed view of this because it is such an important film to yeah, me yeah. but i do think that spielberg has never quite found this again like he's yeah. got some interesting films over the last oh yeah, 30 yeah, yeah. years yeah yeah and he's made some really great films but he's yeah. never quite had like this kind of like firing on all cylinders everyone yeah. is doing amazing things yeah it all holds together yeah and it kind of leaves an undeniable cultural impact yeah i'd agree i'd agree um is there anything we've missed is there anything else that you want to talk about about this film i'm sure you could talk for the rest of the evening but is there anything we've kind of missed out or you feel we've glossed over uh, not really. I kind of wish there weren't any sequels to this film. I kind of wish that it had come and existed and then there was no more afterwards. But yeah. I also kind of wish that they'd made a dinosaur film every year. Like, I wish we'd got like, you know how the Marvel have like 30, 25, 30 films. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we'd had like every year a director is given Jurassic Park and go off and make, I don't know, a found footage Jurassic Park or oh, a wow, office yeah. drama set in a working <laughs> Jurassic Park, whatever it is. Um, yeah. So I'm in two minds. Like, but again, if people make sequels, this, I'm going to go watch it. And it yeah. doesn't take away from my love of this film. Yeah. If they make, uh, I don't know, a son of the mask, but for Jurassic Park, I'm yeah. still going to love Jurassic Park. But like, oh, yeah, that was a bad choice. I'm not choice. watching the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Got you. Yeah. So um, anything we've missed? The music, great. John Williams' score oh, yeah. is, Williams is score. phenomenal. Yep. I came the, down the aisle at my wedding to a bit of score from really? Park. I should have said that at some point. Yeah, <laughs> no, the awesome. end credits, I came down. Because I wanted them to play it as people came in. Like, no, no, we're not going to play it out. But you can come down the aisle. I was like, that's a great idea. And so I did wow. that. Wow, that's cool. Um, cool. The, there's an amazing Lego set coming out in a couple of weeks I'm going to buy, which is the T-Rex attack. Wow. There's another one that was the Velociraptors in the kitchens. Yeah. We barely talked about the kitchen scene, and that's an incredible scene. I know, I know. Scene. We just kind of said it was one, well, I said it was my favorite scene, yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, this film has been talked about a lot. There are yeah. lots of amazing books about this. Yeah. There's lots of conversation around this. There is. But yeah. the most important thing is I think people should go off and watch it again. Yeah. Or watch yeah. it for the first time. Like, if you haven't seen Jurassic Park, I mean, A, we kind of talked in spoilery detail about well, it. Well, absolutely, but yes. If you've not watched it, I implore people to watch it and be like, this film is great. This film yeah. is something special. Yeah, this film 
means a lot to me um because it scared me and i had to teach myself not to be scared of it yeah and it gives me a sense of wonderment oh and the other thing is i've watched this film at the natural history museum um at midnight because they had a sleepover thing that i went to there and they played monster movies from midnight in one of the rooms and this is the first one so i watched this all the way through and it was Oh, it's lovely. I've watched this film brilliant. in many different ways, in many brilliant. different places. Brilliant. That probably, your little bit there, probably brings us perfectly to my big question, which I ask at the end of every one of these. Can you sell this film in about 30 seconds? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you want a film that is both a cultural milestone for the 90s, for practical effects, for what blockbusters can do, there's this. And it's not just a museum piece. It's a rollickingly good ride with some amazing performances and some wonderful set pieces and a story that is more complicated than you think it might be that has some interesting questions explored, but just explored. They don't spend the entire film talking about them. It's in the same way that the Terminator films kind of explore that kind of like AI and uh, time travel and all this other stuff and man and machines relationship. It's there, you can read it, but you can also just watch a film about people coming a bit unstuck when they're around <laughs> dinosaurs. And so you've got, you've got a fun ride, you've got a bit of history, and you've got some interesting philosophy. And you've got Spielberg and many other creative figures in this at their best. Brilliant. Thank you. I think that's it. I think we have covered this film quite well. I think we've, we've missed an awful lot out, but um, we've covered the important stuff. Where can people find Russell Bailey in the big world of the World Wide Web out there then? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Russ Loves Movies, where I will post any podcast appearances or any writing I do. I occasionally write for a few different places, mostly uh, about horror films at, at festivals. But yeah, my main outlet is Not Just For Kids, which is a podcast that looks at family films and the films we're with. We are currently doing a musical season. We've got seasons on the 90s, on Studio Ghibli, on Spielberg himself as a director and producer, and on uh, animation between Toy Story and Home on the Range, kind of like like birth of 3D animation through to the death of 2D animation in the West. And next we'll be covering uh, animation of the last 20 years. Brilliant. Sounds good. Sounds brilliant. Thank you then, Russell. It has been no, lovely. Thank you so much for letting me come again. and warble on about this film. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's been a really good chat. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. No, thank you. Thanks again, Russell, for popping in and seeing us. It was really nice to talk to you once again. Um, I will be popping up on Russell's podcast that I might have mentioned. That's the Not Just For Kids podcast. I'm popping up on there again in his next series on animation, which is coming up very soon. Cool. Um that was that. So next week, we're sticking with Spielberg. As I said earlier, uh, we're going to Jaws. Dun-dun. Yes. Dun-dun. And I'm in this. I think I'm actually also in this podcast. I think I managed to creep into this podcast. Didn't you I? did. Yes. You and the wonderful Mick Ferry. Brilliant Mick Ferry. Yeah. And this is Mick's trail for Jaws. Uh, a New York cop tired of brutality in the city. It takes a person on an idyllic holiday island, not realising he's about to face the biggest monster of his life. If you cannot kill the monster, the island will die. Thanks again for that. That was a good little trailer. I like Mick. I think that's another one of those funny episodes we had. 
Um, again, I spent a lot of time laughing in the editing room on this one. So there you go. Uh, I think that's it. Is it, Gary? Have we got that done? That's it. Yeah. Let's just, I'm looking forward to yours now. I'm all excited about that. That's next week then. Till then. Cool. Bye-bye. Bye. Finally, thanks to Acast for hosting the website and to Max Smith for the theme tune composition. To get in touch with the podcast, remember that website is www.myfavoritefilm.com. Mm-hmm.